was, uh, it, it's been a long week, and, uh, it's, it, and I'm glad to be here, and I'm glad you're here. And I hope you find uh, whatever it is that God has for you this morning. I don't know what he has you here for this morning. It may be something that, that, uh, yeah, that miraculously happens as a result of something I say. It may be something that was in the words to the songs that we have already sung. It may be something in the verses that we are going to read. But God has an, a way of impacting us by using something in the service. The only part that we have to do is our hearts have to be ready for it. And our hearts have to be ready to receive it. Um, I sit in the back there and with my wife and my family, and I can tell you, there's sometimes I carry the weight of the world in through the back doors, and I sit down in that back seat, and I carry that weight all service long, and I get up and I think, I couldn't even tell you what that was about. And you sit there, and, you, and, you, and then you walk out, and you walk into the parking lot, and now your mind's clear, and you're like, wait, what, what, what just happened there? Well, the devil is on, obviously trying to keep you distracted, and he's trying to keep me distracted. And then there's been times I've sat back there with no weight and clear, clearness of mind and, and something that was said in, in, in the music or, or whatnot just has an impact. So I challenge you, as you're here this morning, make sure that your heart is ready for the message, because I have nothing of myself that, that's worth anything to say to you. But God has something in, in, in these verses and in the, in the songs that are going to be sung that is for you. And in Psalm chapter number 27, what you have here is you have David, and he is talking here, um, and he's talking about trusting in the Lord. And, and I want to read through the whole passage of Scripture. We're not going to cover the whole passage of Scripture. In fact, we just, uh, about three months ago, uh, two or three months ago, uh, studied through Psalm 27 with the teen group. And there was a verse in here uh, that we are going to focus in on, a verse that has imp that impressed upon me as we studied through it. Well, let's read through Psalm 27, and then uh, we'll open up for this morning. In Psalm 27, verse number 1, it says this, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked, even mine enemies and mine foes, come upon, came upon me to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and fell. Though an host should encamp, encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. The war should arise against me, and this will I be confident. One thing have I desired of the Lord, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord, and to inquire in his temple. For in the time of trouble he shall hide me in his pavilion, in the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me, he shall, he shall set me up upon a rock. And now shall my head, now shall mine head be lifted up above mine enemies round about me. Therefore, will I offer in his tabernacle sacrifices of joy. I will sing, yea, I will sing praises unto the Lord. Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice. Have mercy also upon me, and answer me. When thou sayest, Seek ye my face, my heart said unto thee, Thy face, Lord, will I seek. Hide not thy face far from me. Put not thy spirit, thy servant, away from in anger. Thou hast been my help. Leave me not, neither forsake me, O God of my salvation. When my father and my mother forsake me, then the Lord will take me up. Teach me thy way, O Lord, and lead me in a plain path because of mine enemies. Deliver me not over unto uh, the will of mine enemies, for false witnesses shall rise up against me, and, sh and such as breathe out cruelty. 
I had fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage, and he shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. The verse we're going to focus in on is verse number four. One thing have I desired of the Lord, that he will, that, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord, and to inquire in his temple. Let's pray. Hey, Father, Lord, again, do thank you for this morning. I thank you for the opportunity to preach your word. God, I do pray for each and every one that is here this morning. Lord, I don't know all of the, uh, all of the situations that are, that are impacting their lives and, uh, Lord, distracting us or, or a burden to us. Lord, I pray right now as we uh, begin this lesson uh, in Psalm 27, Lord, that you would clear our hearts and minds. Lord, work through me. Lord, give me the words to say. Lord, help me not to get in the way of you. Uh, Lord, allow your word to go out strongly and directly. And Lord, may it uh, impact those uh, that it needs. In thy name we pray. Amen. About 25 years ago, I came to Iowa. It's kind of funny. Carrie and I just celebrated our 21st wedding anniversary um, just a couple weeks ago. And we had, we snuck away for a day. Um, up to Dubuque, and we had a three-hour ride up and back, and we were kind of reminiscing about uh, tra about all of the things that had happened over our lifetime. And uh, we lived in New Hampshire for a while. And some of you may not know, I grew up in New Hampshire, and, and Carrie obviously grew up here. Uh, we lived in New Hampshire for a while, and uh, we had Brandon, and and decided to move back to Iowa. And Lord called us back here, and and lived here since 2002. And it was interesting as we kind of walked through uh, our, it's fun to go back. It's fun to take those times and just remember those things. Uh, I, I, I remembered back to the first time I met the Weavers. I should have ran, but I didn't. Uh, you know, I grew up 1,500 miles away. That's my mother-in-law and father-in-law. Um, and I was dating their daughter. Um, I had not met them. I had not grown up with them. I did not know anything about them other than what my wife had told me, and uh, she told me, you know, that they're nice people, and, and she's like, the extended family's really loud, and, and, and I'm like, okay, that covers a lot, but what, what's, the, what's the direction here? So I can remember flying out. I flew to Kansas City, and Connie picked me up, um, and that should have been a sign right there when, when you drive with Connie for three hours in a car. Um, yeah, you just, you, you, you get to know her really well, and then you're, you, you, <laughs> You pray a lot is, is really what it comes down to. But I can remember going back to their house and, 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 uh, and, and walking into the house they live in, still live in now. And, and I walked into the house and, and with my bags and everything, and I, and I took a couple steps in, and Carrie goes, oh, whoa, 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 take off your shoes. I was like, what? I go, take off your shoes. I'm like, why? It's a thing we do here, take off your shoes. And I was like, seriously? I can't remember if I had a hole in my sock or what, but I was like, I was, I was kind of like, what? Oh, okay. So I put down all my luggage and I sit down and I take off my shoes and I, and I walk in and and and, and then I meet the family and and uh, uh, and I kept calling uh, Connie Mrs. Weaver and 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 Johnny Mr. Weaver and and Johnny. The first time I called Johnny Mr. Weaver, he's like, all right, you got to stop that. I'm like, it, just Johnny, okay? Connie, it took a couple of months before she t allowed me to stop. <laughs> No, it was immediate. She, and, and, uh, and, and I can remember being, I, I met Cody. He was 10-year-old. Uh, you could have left him outside for a while. But, uh, but, 
I can remember being in that, in that moment and being just, I mean, just sick to my stomach. I mean, because this is, this is my, potentially my future in-laws. And they didn't know anything about me. I didn't know anything about them. So you're trying to be on your best behavior. You know, uh, you try to do things that, it, 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 okay, you take all the things that your mom and dad have taught you over the years to do, and you're like, okay, I've got to do every one of these things. And, and you make sure you're polite. You make sure you clean up after yourself. You make sure you do all these different things. But Connie and John did a great job. They tried to make me feel as comfortable as possible. My first week here, I never felt comfortable because it wasn't home to me. I felt, I, I was, we spent time with Carrie, funny story, I flew into Kansas City, we drove up, we drove through the, drive by the bypass and everything, I never saw Des Moines, Carrie had always told me, we lived in, Des, she lived near Des Moines, but I never saw Des Moines, then she said, we're going to go out to eat, and I was like, great, let's go out to eat, we went to Checkerboard in Pleasantville, so my whole perception of what Iowa was for like a week was, there's nothing here, there literally, there's nothing here, and then I realized there actually is a city, and, and I, was, I was amazed. But I, I can remember being uncomfortable. Now, fast forward in life, about 10 years ago, I had this revelation. Sunday afternoons, Con, John and Connie and, 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 and our family, we always get together for, for Sunday dinner. We've done it for ever since we moved back, yeah, whether it's at John and Connie's house or we go out to eat. We went over to their house, and, 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 and uh, John and Connie said, hey, we're going to grill out. You guys can come over and, and relax. And uh, Great. So I walked over to their house, walked into their house, kicked off my shoes, I walked over, and uh, Johnny keeps whole milk in the fridge, A.E. whole milk. He, we don't keep that at our house. Uh, I, I don't know why, but apparently it's, I don't know. We don't have it. It's not on the Weight Watchers or whatever plan that I'm supposed to be on. But Johnny has whole milk. So I walked to the cabinet, grabbed a, couple, grabbed a glass, and walked over to the fridge, opened up the fridge, and I grabbed the whole milk, and I fill, filled up my cup all the way to the top. I put the cap back on, I put it down, shoved it, shoved it in the fridge, shut the fridge, and I thought, well, you know, I'm getting milk, so I might as well get something salty or, or, or some crackers or something. So I walked over to the cupboard, I swing the cupboard open, and sure enough, there's a sleeve of saltines or, or Ritz crackers there, and I was like, sweet. You got to have appetizers before you eat because you got to eat responsibly, so you eat that first. So you eat those, so I grabbed those and I sat down and I, I began to eat. And I sat down on the couch and I was like, well, the NASCAR race is on, so I grabbed the controller, I turned on the TV, and I'm sitting there, and all of a sudden I was like, whoa. I didn't ask anybody for anything. And everybody was perfectly fine. Like, Connie didn't flip out on me, or Johnny didn't say, hey, that's my TV, put down the remote or anything like that. It, 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 why? What, what changed? What changed is that we're family now, and they're stuck with me. So, I, I, you know, I don't have to do all the things. No, I, I still have to do those things. But I, I, I became comfortable in their house. It's a place of love, it's a place of family, it's a place of joining together, it's a place of, of, of safety, it's a place of all of those things. And, and, and in that moment, I had a realization, I'm like, you know what, this is part of my home. And that was a, that was a, a revelation, and you think that that's not, what's the big deal about it? It's a big deal. When someone, you know when someone, you're comfortable in their house and when you're not. You do. You know when you get to a point where you can walk into the house and grab whatever you want and they honestly don't care hey, because you're family or whatnot. You, you feel relaxed in that moment. And it was in that moment that I sat back and I was like, wow, I really have 
gotten comfortable with this family. I really do feel loved. I really do feel like we are family. And even now, as we, as, as Carrie and I were talking at 21 years, you know, there, I, I, it's hard for me to remember a time when they weren't my family. And, and that's, that's weird for me. It, I, you know, at 21 years or 22 years of my life, I didn't know them. But here they are, they're, they're now my family. Now, in, in Psalm, chapter number 27, David is talking here. Now, let's go through who David is. David is the king of, of, of Israel at this time. He's known as the man after God's own heart. He is, a, he, he is under physical attack, meaning that if you read through the passages of Scripture, when he talks about mine enemies, he's talking about two different enemies here. He's talking about physical enemies where people are trying to kill him, and armies that are trying to overthrow him. And he's also talking about spiritual enemies, where you're talking about the devil, and you're talking about uh, the attacks of the devil, and, 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 he, and he goes through all of those things. And if a man is known as, and God calls him a man after his own heart, well, we better listen to what he has to say. And in verse number four, he says this. He says, one thing have I desired of the Lord. Now, if this man, who is a man after God's own heart, says this, one thing that I've desired, and what is that one thing he's desired? That will I seek after, meaning that he's going to not only desire it, but he's going to seek it, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. Well, let's, let's, let's go over what desire means. A desire is a strong feeling to have something, and David desires of the Lord this one thing. And not only does he desire it, but he seeks it. And what is it? It's the presence of God. Number one here, we have, we have dwelling in the house of the Lord all the days of his life. He wants to live. He wants to dwell in the house of the Lord. Well, what is the house of the Lord? Well, there is a physical, we call the church, the house of God. Now, that is, a, a, we could a, a, apply this verse to that, but that's not right, really what it's talking about. Devil, and you're talking you could say that. You could say that you need to be a part of a house of God. And I, I could see that, but that's not necessarily what this is talking about. And, and why do we not desire this? It's interesting. If you start looking at what about. Dwelling in the house of the Lord is a relationship that we have with God. What David talks about here, and he says, to dwell in the house of the Lord. Let me ask you something. And in that relationship, we are walking with him, and we can see, do you dwell in the house of the Lord? Do we dwell in the house of the Lord? His working, and in the idea that we are walking with him. And why not... Many times we don't have the desire to dwell in the house of the Lord. We are blind to what is actually in the house of the Lord. If you, if you think of it this way, uh, salvation and, and the point of salvation, what that, what that implies. Uh, the unsaved don't know what the house of the Lord is. And what is their perception of the house of the Lord? Or their, their perception of salvation or a relationship with you? The unsaved ha many times have a distorted view of what being uh, of what being a Christian or being involved in a relationship with God is. They may view the house of the Lord as a prison to keep you away from doing the things you desire that, that you want to do. The unknown of not knowing what it means to be in the family of God. 
Now, the idea here first is to dwell in the house of the Lord. To dwell is not to just exist in the house of the Lord. To dwell is the idea of you're so comfortable in your relationship with God and your relationship with, your relationship with him is one that, that you dwell in that place. You desire to be close to that place. You desire to be in that, 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 that relationship. Well, the unsaved doesn't have that. The unsaved, if you're here this morning and you sit here and you look at the Bible as a big rule book and you look at the Bible, at this church as a place, you're, you are lacking the understanding of what actually is the house of the Lord and what it means to be in a relationship with the Lord. Many times, thus, that are saved, we're blinded by our own sin. Sin has caused us to overlook or to forget what it means to live or dwell in the house of God. What does it mean to live in the house of God? It means to be a child of God in his family and walking with him, seeing his goodness. What is in the house of the Lord or in a relationship with God? I'll tell you what it is. It's love, it's joy, it's peace, it's long-suffering, it's forgiveness, it's contentment, it's gentleness, it's safety. None of that has anything to do with things, a place. But what it does say, it's everything that we want in life. If you look at the world, what does the world desire? The world desires contentment. The world desires love. The world desires joy and peace. The world desires to, to know that what, what is going on in their life is, is what should be. We as Christians need to be a better promoter of what the house of God is, where relationship of God is. God has been good to us. We need to share this. We need to show this. When someone is in need, we need to share this. And when someone, when you are being blessed, you need to share this. When you need to, you have to remember something. And this is something that, that is said many times, but I don't think we catch it many times. If no one, if you could say, application to that too. We have to. It's our job. I just described to you in my, in my morning, in my early illustration here, of going to John and Connie's house. That should have put a, a thought in your mind of, man, that's really welcoming. I can't believe they let him go into his fridge like that and take all their food. And, 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 and you think about that, but, but you know what you, 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 you think of? You think of, wow, that's really special. That's really neat. That's a neat relationship that we have. If we don't share the goodness of God, the goodness of God is not going to be shared. My challenge to us this morning is, David here is desiring and, and he's seeking after that he wants to dwell in the house of the Lord. And, he, and, and he's begging God of that. And he's begging God to do that. Well, what's, what, what else is in this house of the Lord? And what else is in this relationship with God? And please don't confuse the two. Dwelling in the house of the Lord and relationship are the same thing here. And in, verse, in the next part of the, the verse, it says this. Uh, it, it says, I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord. 
Now that's, that's an interesting thought. To behold the beauty of the Lord. Now, number one, you have to be in a relationship with God or you have to be in the house of God. You have to have that close communion. But now you have to be, you have to be in, the, in, in a close enough relationship to behold the beauty of God. Now, Pastor Scott gets up here and he talks about, he always gives you those phrases. And he starts the phrase and then uh, a lot of you will say the phrases. I know like half of them. Half of them I, I've never heard of. Must be an Iowa thing. And that's fine. Uh, but I, I, I'm sure many of you have heard this one. Beauty is in the... Hey, I know that you guys got it. Good job. I feel like I feel like I succeeded with something today. Okay, good. Uh, so we, we we have we have beauty being in the eye of the beholder. Now, what does that actually mean? That means that that something uh, that somebody sees, uh, someone may look at it in a different light, but they see it as beautiful. Now, I I will say this. I'm, I'm embarrassed my wife here a little bit. Uh, 21 years of marriage. Okay. I can remember when I first met Carrie, and uh, I had I had a friend, uh, a, a kid that I grew up with that was down at school, and we met Carrie and uh, one of her friends, and uh, I can remember us talking, and I can remember us talking about uh, about them, and 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 uh, Greg, uh, my friend, turns to me and says, uh, "Hey, I think I want to date her friend Heather," and I said, "I said, well, I think I'd like to date Carrie." That she knew nothing about this. And then we both looked at each other, we started laughing, we go, we don't got a prayer, those girls ain't going to date a, a look. I was basic, I look like a homeless man most of the time. <laughs> and Carrie looked past that, all of that and thought, wow, this kid actually, if, you, you know, if he dresses correctly and dresses like an adult, he might actually turn into something. So, you know, thankful for that. Now, I, now that beauty that I beheld then is different than the beauty that I behold now. Now, not because we've changed, but we have. There's different aspects of her beauty that I've, I've held on to. The moment that we got married, there's a different beauty there. The moment that I saw on her face when she held our first child with Brandon and all of our children. The moment that, that I saw her take, take time with them to teach them. The moment that, that I, I, I observed her and... and, and in her relationship with them, and, the, and to be a mother, and to be a, 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 a need for her husband. When I, the moment that I, I needed to turn to her for my support and, and love, and I saw a different view of her beauty. And even now, uh, we, have, we, we, we got a dog, and, and she's told me for years, we'll never have a dog. And, I, I, and, and it sounds stupid, but she loves that dog now, and, and, and the dog is a part of our family, and, and there's a difference there, that, that, that beholding of that. See, God cannot show us his complete beauty all at once, because there's a, there's a couple of problems with it. If he, if he shows us everything at once, we're, we're not going to be able to grasp it. We're not going to be able to grasp the totality of it, and we don't need it at that point. If you, if you look in this passage, David is, is, is saying to behold the beauty of the Lord. The beauty of God is revealed in the moment that we need it. And the aspect of God and his beauty is revealed in that moment. Well, when do, what, what are we talking about? What, what is the beauty of God? Well, he's our Savior. The beauty that it, it, that it holds in that, that he is our Savior. He is our Father. He, is the, he, is the, he, is in, he loves us as, as his child. 
He is the creator of, of all and in charge of everything. He is the supplier of all things. He is a master of everything. He is a provider of us, not only physically but emotionally. He is a healer of, of those who need to be healed in sickness, whether mental or physical. He is also our sanctification. See, if God sat up there and, and, and showed you all of those things at once, you would not be able to behold those things. Because the only thing you needed was, maybe at the beginning, was salvation. But like, a, like a, a, an onion, as you dig in deeper, you find out that there's more layers to God. And, and as you begin to live this life, you begin to find out He's many different things. And in each of those things, His beauty is shown. And just like a, a stupid college kid that beheld the beauty of a, a pretty girl walking by campus and was like... <laughs> You have that moment where you need that beauty of God, that 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 ask that 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 uh, that preference or that 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 attitude or or that example of God. We could not take in the whole beauty at the beginning because he because we could not grasp it or appreciate it completely. We serve a beautiful God, who is everything we need. The last part of the verse, and this is again the th this is the thing that 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 David desires and seeks. He desired to seek to dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of his life. He desires to behold the beauty of the Lord, but the last thing is to inquire in his temple. If you look back in this time, David had to go to an actual physical temple to offer sacrifice or to have the high priest offer sacrifices in the holiest of holies. David could not go into the holy of holies. It was only reserved for the high priest. And he could not access that. And when it talks about that he's inquiring in the temple, he, his desire is that, is that continual relationship where he is actually communicating with God. At the crucifixion, all of that changed. And when the, and when the, the, the veil of the temple was rent in two, now we have that access. We have that undeniable access to God 24-7 without having to go to someone, someplace, something, to, in order to offer our sacrifice or, or offer our prayers to God. I will say this much. It doesn't mean that this place that we sit in is not special. There's times that I have come up here in, 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 uh, in a moment of need or want and, and have sat in here in a, in a completely dark auditorium and sat in a pew and prayed. There's nothing special. God doesn't necessarily answer my prayer here more than on, on the road or, or at my house. But there is a place of, there is a, a specialness to be here. But we need to inquire. We need to pray. And we need to realize how special prayer is and that gift of prayer is to us. We need to take the time. We need to spend the time. We need to schedule the time. We need to take the time. I always tell the teenagers, I'm like, if you always have time to pray, and they'll all, and someone will always say, "Well, I'm busy. I'm busy. I got a lot going on in life." Like you're a teenager. You got nothing going on in life. You got a job. You got bills. Come on. And they'll say, "Well, I'm 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 really busy. I'm I'm working like 40 hours a week." And I'm like, "Whoa." Wow, so much. And then somebody will be like, well, I worked overtime, and I got 45, 50 hours a week. I'm like, good. Now do that for about 20 years, and then come talk to us. 
I always tell the teenagers, and I always pick on them a little bit. There's a little app on your, if you have a smartphone, or, or as old people call it, a dumb phone, one of the two. Um, you, you look at your apps on your phone. I always say, hey, open up your phones to this, and I'll open up to your settings and look at how, what's your screen time. Screen time for the last, last week. Tell me, what's the number one app that you looked at? Now tell me again, you don't have time. Tell me again about all the, 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 uh, the, the series that you're watching or, or sports that you're watching, and, and, and then tell me again that you don't have time. Tell me again why you slept in late and you, and you just barely made ah, This is for the teenagers, not for the rest of us. You, got, you slept in late and, and, and just made it to work on time and did get to, didn't get that shower in, and, you, and you, you made it to work, but you missed your time. We need to make prayer a priority. I'm going to challenge you with something. If prayer is awkward, then you don't have a relationship with God or a good relationship with God. You say, Adam, that's kind of bold to say that. I mean, how could you say that? Well, I'll tell you this much. If it's awkward for me to talk with my wife, do you think I have a good relationship with her? Or if I don't talk to her for weeks, days, months, what happens to that relationship? There is no relationship. We may physically be married, and you may, phys you may be spiritually saved, but you do not have an active relationship. We shouldn't make prayer awkward. Prayer should be something that we should be able to talk to God as if you are talking to another human being and talking to him with obviously the respect and the reverence of who he is, but that should be a special moment for each of us. David here is begging God of the ability and the time and the effort to inquire in his temple. David wants those sweet moments away. He wants those private moments and I'm going to tell you something, guys, if everyone here. In the moments of prayer, you are going to find God's goodness and his specialness that you will not be able to experience from any one person or anything in this world. There's a, there's